What's up, Arnell? I just want to say uh, congrats. I watched that episode you dropped a couple days ago uh, for the Alpha Project. That is a super dope video, man. I love how your key point is talking about integrity and sticking to your word. You know, something you're always doing. And I'm sure as hell not calling you to bust your ass for still not dropping that podcast. You said you were going to drop on the 23rd because you got integrity. You know, anyway, it's Nate from A-List. We got a meeting tonight. I just want to clarify that you're going to have this shit posted because I don't want another list of excuses. Talk soon, boo-boo. Bye. I'm going to step off the limb now. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. On this episode, we're talking changes for the better, how Canadian am I, and how the world isn't fair. Oh, and a big special fuck you shout out to A-List Apparel. Coming up next on The Morning P. Good morning, stop counting, wake up and get your paper. Good morning, stop counting, wake up and get your cake up, pimpin'. Woo! Good morning, stop counting, wake up and get your cake up. It's your boy King Kong, the one and only and the only one. Telling you to wash your face. Brush your teeth, cause it is time for the morning pee. So without further ado, from the podcast that doesn't give a fuck about your feelings, put your hands together for your host, Podcast P. Woo! Hey! Welcome back to the Morning Pee Podcast. I am your host, Parnell Ramlal, and the world isn't fair. Never was, never will be. To expect reciprocity for being a good person is like sticking your hand in a cage of a lioness and expecting her not to bite your arm off. Because, after all, you wouldn't do that to her. If you want to be a good person, be a good person. If you want to be just, treat all fairly, and live in peace and harmony, go right ahead. However, please do not think that these lifestyle choices ensure or entitle you to the same in return. Only in the movies did the good guys win. And by that, I mean only in the movies do we actually have good guys. In the real world, things cannot be simplified into good and bad so easily. Almost every privilege we have is at the result of the exploitation of others. If the quality of life you are afforded, you being the person who has electricity and internet access to listen to this, was provided to everyone on the planet, we would need a few extra planets. Our nature has become one of abundance and consumption, and that way of life as 30,000 years of human history has shown, doesn't come with a few cracksticles. The point I'm trying to make here isn't one of pessimism, but more realism. Most of the problems the inhabitants of this planet are experiencing are caused by its inhabitants. I'm speaking mostly to the virus called humans. Before we start solving these problems, we have to stop causing them, thus no longer benefiting from them. Everyone is guided by self-interest, and on top of that, those interests are extremely different. These interests not only overlap, but conflict with each other. And conflicting interests leads to conflict. Conflict can lead to death. And when humans are involved, death is the least of the creative things we concoct when dealing with individuals that stand in our way. Humans aren't the only creatures that exhibit war and murderous behavior. We've just spent the most time towards practicing the art. Maybe we're all just not praying hard enough. Or sinning too much. And our endlessly loving Lord is showing the errors of our ways through intense but love-filled acts of violence, famine, and other non-pleasantries. Maybe it's the devil who, by most accounts, is a fallen angel, or maybe we should just pay a little more attention when we watch Disney Channel and see the baby antelope get eaten alive by a pack of lions and see in them what we so greatly wish to ignore in ourselves. 
Most of us are fortunate not to be in geographical locations or economic scenarios that land us on the front lines of humanity's worst. That's something I try not to forget, and it's a point I'm grateful for. Some heritage promotes individuals stay armed and trained for combat at all times, regardless if they are men, women, or children. And in all combat, understanding your terrain is essential. You have guys like Jay-Z or Lil Wayne who were able to take their embedded understanding of the harsh terrain of street life and apply it to their business ventures. They both found success working with the challenges instead of against them. These are two individuals you won't hear complain, but instead, you'll witness them adapt until they conquer. The strongest don't survive. The most adaptable do. When life is viewed this way, nothing is seen as an obstruction, but merely an obstacle to overcome. Bruce Lee once said, Be like water. It sways through cracks. Do not be assertive, but adjust to the object, and you shall find a way around or through it. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind. Be formless. Shapeless. Like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. If you put water into a bottle, and it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. The better our relationship is with reality, the better we can get along and live together. It may not be pretty, but it's all we have. Let's get to the show. Well, your boy's back, and uh, I'm going to address one thing real quick, and it's the only thing I'm going to say about it. Losers focus on winners, and winners focus on winning. Go play somewhere, you little peasant. The fucking king is busy. That's all I'm going to say about it. Now, on to the show. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today, guys? I have no fucking clue. It's been a while. It's been about six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, twelve weeks. I don't fucking know. It's been a while. It's been a while. Been well before Christmas, and uh, we're well into the new year now. So, at least a month. You guys haven't heard my voice, and I haven't heard any complaining because I turned off all my notifications from all you fuckers. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I've been getting fucking DM'd and fucking emailed like fucking crazy about where the fuck is the show, especially by that fucking cocksucker, Nate Sheehan. You heard him at the beginning of the show. He left me that fucking, that voicemail. And, um, yeah, I had to play it because, well, he's right. He's right. I talk about accountability all the fucking time. And, um, I haven't been holding myself accountable, uh, simply because there's a bunch of things going on in my life so far in the last little month, month and a half that have, uh, really affected me. Uh, number one is I'm not with my fiance anymore. Her and I decided to break up. Uh, she has moved out. So you guys might actually notice some sound quality differences on this episode, simply because I'm not using the same gear anymore. I still have the same mic, um, same soundboard, all that stuff, just the computer's different again. So this is now the third or fourth, the fourth one, the fourth computer I've had to record this fucking podcast on. That just shows you the longevity of this show. I mean, we're going on to three and a half years, three years, uh, going into the fourth year, I guess going into the third year now, or going into the fourth, I don't fucking know, 2018, whatever the, however the fuck you want to say it, um, this show started. So been a lot of changes, man. I've been, I was down for a little bit. Like I was down and out and you know, I, uh, I want to thank a bunch of people for, for, you know, just reaching out. I'm not going to name names specifically because there were so many of you guys. Um, there are a few, a couple really good ones. I want to mention my boy, John Stewart. Thank you very much for reaching out, man. Uh, it means a lot to me. Devin Jones, um, Kevin Williams, you reached out Steven Vetter, you know, all the guys that, um, that I would, ex- I would expect to reach out. They reached out. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. You guys got me through some dark, dark times. And, um, thank you all the acquaintances and all the people I know, uh, on Facebook that had reached out simply because I posted something about the accountability and, and, uh, how the relationship ended and me taking responsibility for my actions in, uh, in that kind of scenario. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, Nate, let's get to Nate real quick. Look, I, so I work with Nate. Nate Sheehan is uh, the owner of A-List, A-List Apparel, E-H-L-I-S-T Apparel. And um, 
great guy, fantastic guy, a little bit of a dickhead, <laughs> but what can you what, what can you say about him, right? Um, just bugging the shit out of me, telling me I have to be accountable and fucking bugging me every fucking day. And you know what, man? I want to thank you for that. I don't I don't want to berate you. I want to say thank you, thank you, for helping me get back in to the studio behind a microphone to put this bullshit out to people that are listening simply because they want to hear my bullshit even though I have nothing to fucking talk about. But let's talk about your accountability real quick. <laughs> A-list apparel. Company's three years old. And um, yeah, what have you done with it, man? You had a launch and then you quit and now you're relaunching again three years later. You had a good fucking run for three years for, I guess, two months, whatever the fuck it was. Had some issues, did some other things, got put on the back burner. You weren't accountable to yourself, goddammit. So before you start being accountable to me, Right? Start being accountable to your goddamn self. You have to stand up for yourself and say, listen, man, this is what I want. This is what I'm going for. And by the way, congratulations, Nate, for actually taking that step. Um, Seven Tree Media, uh, the company I am a founder of with my partner, Devin Jones. We are now consultants with A-List Apparel, which is why I'm actually going off on all this because A-List Apparel is going to be sponsoring this show, The Morning P, which is fantastic because I cannot wait. I love the apparel. Its quality's so high-end. It's uh, it's wicked. It's it's amazing material, and I love it. Um, I actually got one. It, yeah, Nate gave me a fucking hoodie already, but he had used it for fucking... I don't know. Were you fucking changing the oil in your fucking one of your 18 cars, you fucking idiot? Like, it's got grease and oil stains all over the motherfucker. What am I supposed to do with that? Huh? You lay it on the fucking ground and just say, fuck it, I'm just gonna lay on it, and whatever drips on it drips on it? Well, fuck you. Some bullshit, man. Give a man a sweater and all of a sudden a hoodie. A nice fucking hoodie. A nice hoodie that you made and you fucking ruined it by whatever the fuck you were doing with your car. So, you know what? Fuck you for that. And I expect a goddamn new one, motherfucker. Um, but besides that, A-List Apparel is going to be fantastic. Um, it's going to be dropping. I think we're doing it in March, uh, uh, March, end of March relaunch or maybe beginning. I don't fucking know. I don't pay attention to those meetings anymore. Um, he just rambles on and on, man. It's kind of it's tough to pay attention. Um, whenever we're dropping, we're dropping. I'll make sure and post the links whenever it comes out. And uh, you guys can actually get your gear, whatever you want. It's ultra exclusive. It's actually dope because a brand... Um, a list, what we do is, uh, it's all based on around charity, right? So, uh, he had launched doing uh, Canadian blood services. Uh, so, uh, if you go and you donate blood, you get a, you get a hoodie, uh, like a customized hoodie, like a, um, a special one-off almost of doing the blood drive. So it's like little patches and shit. It's kind of dope. Uh, it's a great concept. So what we are going to be doing is being huge, like a bunch of different ones. There's so many things in the works right now, uh, for different charities. And we're, we're in contact with so many of them right now. We're just trying to work out the best ones. Uh, to get to so once that releases i will make sure and drop the links uh in the comments or wherever i'm dropping on facebook all that bullshit you guys follow me um yeah besides that though there's so many other things going on um big shout out to my man my man lamar Chantmaker, right um and for myself being the first guest on his show his brand new podcast the rope dope podcast um just talking boxing, man. Talking shop. It's fantastic. He is... I, I talk about the guy all the fucking time. You've heard his voice a million fucking times on this show. Um, he is a boxing trainer out of Toledo. And, um, yeah, man. The guy works with within the community, keeping kids off the street. And I want to commend him for that. He deserves it. He deserves everything he gets moving forward. He's got a couple fighters going into the pros. He just had another couple come up. Uh, he's got a couple fights coming up in February uh, with, his, with his fighters and that he's training. So, I can't wait for that. Congratulations to you, man. Keep moving forward and keep pushing for that, man. Show people your passion for boxing because you... I have a passion for boxing just like you do. Yours is more enthusiastic than mine because you know more about it. You've been in it for longer, but I'm trying to catch up, and uh, hopefully I get on your level uh, soon enough, my man. Um, what is there to talk about? Well, there's a bunch of shit going on. I could talk COVID. Don't want to talk COVID. Could talk lockdown. Don't want to talk lockdown. Could talk about businesses dying in 2021. Don't want to talk about that, really, because I have a special guest. Actually, I was trying to record this podcast about 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. And while I was doing it, actually, um, a restaurant tour here in Calgary. I'm not going to mention names yet, but he owns... 
um, uh, two or three different um, different restaurants here in Calgary. We're actually, you guys actually going to come on, and we're going to talk a bunch of that stuff then. So I don't think there's really much point in me talking about it now, even though I'm kind of rambling about it. I'm talking about it for, what, 30 seconds. So sorry about that. Um, I really, I honestly have no fucking clue what to talk about. But, and, and here's the reason why. It's because usually when I'm recording this show, I'm aggravated. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And I just, I, I have nothing to be angry about right now. And you say, well, Pernell, how the fuck can that be? You just broke up with your fiance. What's going on? She just moved out. You must be fucking wallowing in your own self-pity. That's not the case with me, man. I don't do that. I mean, I said it on, uh, we do another show on Wednesdays called Home Biz Hotline Live. And I said it on there, man. I take four days to get over anything. And a lot of people are going to call me crazy. They're going to put me like, you're not really analyzing what you're going through. You're not dealing with your emotions. Um, well, guys, sorry I cut out there for a second. But as I was recording this, uh, the guy I was ranting about, Nate Sheehan, actually called me. So I'm going to put him on just like this. Actually, hold on one second. Let me see if I can plug you in. Let's see if I can get some clean audio that way. How about that? Let me plug this in. <clears throat> the first ever call-in guest on the show. Nate, you still there? Hey, Nate, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with you, fucker? What was all the fucking accountability and all that bullshit? What's happening? You? I'm waiting for you to drop the podcast almost a month later. <laughs> listen, man, I was actually just saying, I kind of cussed you out a little bit. Then I said, listen, thank you. Thank you for holding me accountable, man. I know a lot of people don't actually have that kind of voice and friends that they go through with that. And a lot of people won't call people out. And I fortunately have people that actually call me out on my bullshit um, when I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. So I actually, I want to thank you for that, man. Oh, I wouldn't say thank you. Just wait for me to make fun of you for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you're going to do. Uh, I'm going to pause this. Hold on one second. All right, guys, we are back. Listen, you heard uh, a little bit there from my boy Nate. We got into it a little bit. And um, yeah, so that's done. But let's get back into what I was saying before. You know, it takes me four days. It takes me four days to get over anything. And this is simply a mindset thing. Um, it doesn't address the, the, the deep down emotions that you have to actually address unless you fully sit in those emotions for that day. So four days. The first day is anger. Right. No matter what happens, you're always going to be angry about it at first. Right. The second day is to mourn. Right. So you mourn the loss of the relationship. You mourn the loss of the friendship. You mourn the loss of the aunt that died, whatever it is, whatever's happening. You mourn the loss of the money that's not fucking there anymore, whatever it is. Right. The third day. Oh, wait, how's it work? Anger. One day for anger. One day to mourn. Oh, the next third day. Third day is third day is to forgive. So after you go through all the hate and everything and all the anger, and you get to it, you say, you know what, man, you have to you have to forgive. You have to you have to forgive so that you can move on in life, right? So once you sit there and in that, you have to be able to say to yourself, I forgive whoever did you wrong, whoever did this thing to you or did that thing to you, or whoever you know why the money's out of the account. You have to forgive those things. You have that's in the past. You have to move forward. So the fourth day is to move on right? One day for anger, one day to mourn, one day to forgive, and one day to move on. That's four days. That's all you need. You're going to say I'm fucking crazy, but I'm not. I promise you it works if you work it. It works. The system works if you work the system. What was that old fucking adage you used to say back in the fucking day? Um, what was that? Boiler room or some bullshit, right? Work the system. Work the system. It'll work. I promise you. Listen, I'm not bullshitting. I've, I've, I've been doing this now. Uh, for about a what, two, three years now. Been trying to do that for about three years. And um, it makes me happy, man. It makes me happy to go through that and realize that I can get through any situation. 
after doing that. So that's what it is, guys. If um if you don't know how to control your emotions, you don't know how to get over situations, you don't have friends behind you to hold you accountable to your actions and what you say you're gonna do, and and you don't have friends to pick you up on, in these bad times or good times or whatever it is, or to celebrate with you in good times then you really don't have anything, right? And your friends are, are I'm not talking to your family, the, your parents and your sisters, whatever that is. I'm talking about the friends, the family that you choose, right? The family I choose is, um, took a while to find them. Absolutely took a while to find them, but, you know, the guys reached out. You know what? I actually, I, I missed a shout out and I really want to say thank you to my boy, Jeff Perry. Um, man, you've been a friend to me since high school. You were on vacation, and you called me, man. You called me to make sure I was all good. Um, you offered to take the next flight to come be with me, man. I um I can't thank you enough for that. You, sir, are um an upstanding gentleman, and I'll try not to get that word out and let people know that because I know you don't want your rep ruined. But you are a good dude, man. I love you with all my heart. Thank you for that. So, now that's being said, where are we gonna go from here? What are we gonna talk about? Right. Uh, let's talk about how Canadian I am. So this is the thing I posted on Facebook just a while ago, actually today, and um. You know that I am Canadian rant from 20 years ago? I think it was 2000 or 2001, whatever it was, maybe 2002, I don't know. Um, the guy gets on stage, a big, it was a one-minute commercial for Molson Canadian, and he gets on stage, just starts ranting about how Canadian, uh, the different Canadian shit. I want to do that again. I'm going to do that on this podcast, except what I need is I need updated, up-to-date, current I am Canadian things, right? So here's, uh, I'm going to read you something that I wrote. And uh, hopefully you guys will get the gist of what I'm trying to do here, right? So the one on television was obviously pretty PC, right? There was nothing nothing gray about it. But it's going to be fun if we could if we could update it with some current crazy shit, right? So these are the these are the two that I came up with. All right, we drive 100 kilometers an hour through six feet of snow on a gravel road through a blizzard in the middle of the night without even flinching. That's how Canadian I am. We use 72 pronouns instead of the scientific norm of two and maybe three if you count intersex because I am Canadian. You get the point? You get what I'm saying? And comments are coming in like crazy right now and um, I'm actually... <laughs> uh, they're actually pretty good. Uh, I, so I can't wait to do that. It's going to be fun. Actually, I'm going to play the original I am Canadian on this episode. I'll probably play it before I do the next one too, but I would want to do it. I take all those comments and I'm going to script it out into something great and maybe... Just maybe most of Canadian will uh, take take notice and uh, and put me into their next commercial, but uh, a little more PC <laughs> PC than I usually am. That's what I'm gonna do. So before the end of this episode, I am gonna play that clip for you. I have it loaded up here somewhere, and uh, and I think I don't know. Listen, guys, I I, I, literally, I really have no idea what to talk about. I um oh you know what I can talk about? Listen, I call it so. Before I started recording this version of this episode that you're hearing now, I tried to record two two or three others, right? And I got to the point of, I'm not upset, I'm not mad, I can't fucking record. Then I figured, hey, you know what? While I'm sitting here on a break, let me just call my kid. So I called my kid to say goodnight. And this little fucking asshole, like, okay, listen, parents will know. And if you're, if you're not a parent, I'm sorry, this conversation is probably not for you. But parents know. Listen, if you have a child... And let's take it one separate. If you're in a child that you have to that that's not that doesn't live with you that lives here that lives with his mother or or her father or whatever it is, right? Um, that you get to you have to call every night to say goodnight and this and that, right? Or if you work away from home, you have to call your kid. You know, when you're you're they're young, they want to spend all that time on the phone and talk about their day and ask you how you are and all this shit, right? And then today I call my fucking kid, and this is this has been happening for about a week, maybe two weeks. I'm getting pissed off at the kid, not on not to him, but when I hang up the phone, simply because I'm like. I'm like, hey, dude, what's going on? This and that, blah, blah. Oh, none. I'm good. Eating dinner. Do you want to talk? No. What? You want me to let you go? Call you tomorrow? Yes, please. 
Like, motherfucker, talk to your dad. You haven't seen me all day. You haven't talked to me all day. You can't even fucking talk to me now. Like, fuck you. I raised you. I fucking changed your shitty diapers. I put you to bed at a regular time. I had food in the fucking fridge. I had a house and a roof over your fucking head. Heat and all the fucking, whatever the fuck else you wanted, man. All the goddamn toys you could ever fucking ask for. Right? I took you. I, I taught you how to ride a bike. I taught you how to skate. I taught you how to roll up. I taught you all this fucking bullshit. I taught you how to play fucking baseball. And now what? Now you're eight years old and all of a sudden you have a fucking attitude? Just wait. Just wait, motherfucker. If you turn 13 and you start acting like that motherfucker, trust me. If you start acting like me, how I was when I was 13, I promise you I'll fucking bury you. <laughs> God damn it. I hope my kid hears this when he's fucking 16 or when he's 18. So you can fucking, he can go, my dad said he's going to bury me. Um, That pissed me off a little bit. So my kid's now a fucking asshole to me. I, he's not an asshole to me. I say he's an asshole, but he's not an asshole. He's just fucking eating dinner and he wanted to go. But it pisses me off. I didn't talk to him all day, man. And parents, you know, when you don't get to talk to your kids every day, all day, you know, you want to talk to them. You want to make sure you're in their lives. You want to make sure you're you're having these conversations and being with in their life. Plain and simple, right? Especially if you're separated or divorced or something like that. It's, it means a lot more to the parent than it does to the kid. And I know the kid doesn't really fucking, he's not, he's not thinking about all the shit I'm thinking about. But he should at least want to have a conversation with his father, you know? But I get it. When I was his age, I didn't want to fucking talk to my dad. I want to play with my toys and, and you know, read books and color and fucking, you know, I want to ride my bike and, and go outside and fucking adventure with my friends. Like, I didn't want to fucking talk to my dad. Fuck that. You know what I mean? I wasn't even trying to do that shit. I want to be outside the house and fucking and, and, and just exploring, doing shit. So I can't com tr completely blame him. But I will. I will because it's the arrogant thing to do. <laughs> I will, I will because he's not here to defend himself. That little eight-year-old prick. Fuck you. How dare you? No, I love you, buddy. You're, you are the light of my life. I love you so much, buddy. And, um, you know, this is all jokes. So don't take it personal if you hear this ever in the future. But do take it personal uh, when it comes to your kids, my grandkids, when you have them. Okay? Take it very personal. <laughs> um, other than that, guys, listen, I, I literally, I, I don't know what to talk about. Again, simply because, like I said, man, I'm, I'm happy. I got... You know, the money's not right. You know, the relationship's not right. You know, I'm not with my son. I'm thrown on an episode for fucking four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Business isn't going good. Then what the fuck am I, how am I so happy? How am I holding my head above water? How am I, how am I still an optimist? Right? Well, it's simple. It's mindset, man. It's, it's all about you, you, listen, you control the narrative in your head, right? I could be sitting here and being like, listen, man, I'm so down on myself, guys. I need help and blah, and put it out to the fucking world and put it all on Facebook and this bullshit and have people fucking and have the oppression Olympics, right? Oh, woe is fucking me, right? And have everybody reach out and fucking be like, hey, I feel so sorry for you. What can I do for you? Just get all this fucking sympathy. You know what? That's never been me. Never been me, man. I never want anybody's sympathy. In fact, when people show me sympathy, I'm like, do I look like a fucking kid to you? That's what I say. I'm, I'm like, I'm not a kid. I, I'm an adult. I can regulate my fucking emotions. How do I know that? Because I'm on social media every goddamn day. That's how I know I can regulate my emotions. Also, I've gone through 38 fucking years of dealing with the outside world. 37 years if you count, if you don't count last year due, due to COVID, but I was working still. So remember that 38, 38 and a half, almost goddamn, almost 39 years through a couple months away from my birthday. Dealing with the outside world and all the fucking assholes out there. You think I'm fucking bad. Listen, if you are in your 20s right now and you're just stepping out into the world, you have a lot of fucking learning to do. And don't do what I did. All right. Don't fucking brush everybody off and think you're the smartest motherfucker out there because you're going to have some times where you need some friends to lean on or you need some information or some help or some advice from somebody. Right. Keep the older folks in your fucking life. Do not 
cast them away just because they're older than you and you think you know everything. Trust me, this is the greatest piece of advice you will ever fucking have. All right? I did that. I cast everybody away and said, you know what? Fuck everybody. I'm the smartest person ever. What happened to me? Ended up selling drugs and going to jail. Not the best fucking look, is it? Although, I did travel the world, and I was an MC for six years. So, I kind of had, it was, it, was, it, was, it was great at the time, and shitty as hell as soon as it ended, right? Most people won't realize that. Most people won't even tell you that. Most people say, enjoy your 20s, enjoy your 30s, enjoy however fucking much time you have. Don't worry about it. Things will come around, and yeah, they come around. But, if you don't make the conscious decision to actually do that, you're going to be stuck in that goddamn cycle forever. And you need to realize, and, and take, take note of yourself, and say, you know what? Maybe I sh- probably shouldn't do this thing right? Have a, have more, have more, um, say in your own life than I did, right? I, I, I made decisions based off of, um, wants, not needs. I made decisions based off of the now and not the future. I made decisions based off of selfishness and ego and pride and, 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 and dealing, not dealing with, you know, all this emotional baggage I had from being a kid and, 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 you know, not not talking to my mother and fighting with my father and my sister my sister being addicted to drugs and and myself being addicted to drugs during the time too like there's so much shit that I went through that I dealt with that I've had to deal with either one way or the other either I've dealt with it in a positive light where I've actually addressed those fucking issues and emotions deep down inside of me or I did what I did last time over this last month right or the last three years right I sabotaged myself self-sabotage in a relationship things that are going fucking great Money's going great. Business is going great. Friends are fucking fantastic, right? Then I self-sabotage and I start pushing people away and I start pushing money away and jobs away and just and just and saying, fuck it. Fuck everybody because I know best. I've always done that. I've always done it. It's the worst fucking thing I could do, but why do I do it? Because there's some things that I haven't dealt with yet. And I know the things I haven't dealt with yet. I know them very well. The difference now is I can address those because I'm aware of them. Right? I can do things to improve my life based on future decisions. Not for the now. Not for the want of now. Not in this society of, 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 of everything happens right fucking now. You know, when I, was, when I was 16 years old, I came into a lot of money um, doing what I was doing, selling, selling cocaine. And, you know, my father didn't know I was selling drugs. Let me make that very clear. Right? But what he did know is that I had a lot of money all of a sudden. And he said, Pornell, I don't know how you're getting this money, but I want you to think about investing. I want you to think about property. I want you to think about long-term safe investments so that when you retire, you're not going to end up like I am right now. And you got to remember at this time, my father had lost a job. He was unemployed for 13 months. Um, and that whole situation was the reason my parents divorced over money. My dad couldn't get a job just because he was a little older. He had all the qualifications. He just couldn't get the job because he was a little older. It was 45 or 50 at the time. And, um, and nobody wanted to look at him. He's like, oh, he's only going to be here for a couple of years. He's going to retire. And, you know, we want somebody long lasting and this and that. And you know what? It, it, it really hampered him that he didn't have a backup plan. He didn't have things safe. So he wanted to make sure I was good. He was trying to teach me what I needed to know. But I was too fucking ignorant to listen. I was so fucking, I was so in my, in my own head and in my own world that I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. I knew I could go to the fucking bar and spend 10 grand on a fucking Friday and not give a fuck. Because it was pocket change at the time. I wasn't thinking long-term. And my dad said, listen, you know, things aren't always going to be good. You know, things, you're going to have bad times. But when you're in a state of all this good shit, of all this money and all these fucking fake friends and traveling the world and fucking your job is to fucking sell cocaine or to talk on a microphone and buy women drinks on a fucking tab, which was my fucking life, you don't think about these things, 
right? If, if you're going to do something, think it through, first and foremost. After that, I mean, what else are you going to do? If you're going to make the wrong decision, you're gonna, if you're going to make the wrong decision, you're going to make it regardless, right? So you make the decision, live with the consequences, whatever that decision is. If you make the right decision, great. And by right, right and wrong is, self, is, is, is uh, subjective. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth. I'm sitting here rambling about bullshit right now because I know what I went through. I don't want anybody else to go through that. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know what, Pernell, you're making a good fucking point, but this is not what the show is about. Well, you know what? This show is about whatever the fuck I wanted to make it about. So, you know, you can go suck your mama's pussy, okay? Because I'm not giving a fuck right now. You understand? My life isn't... My life is everything it is now because of every decision I made in my past. And yours is too. Everybody listening to this. Right? Everybody in the world, their life is based on, the, regardless of social economic status, regardless of location, region, whatever you want to talk about, their life is what it is now because of the, the decisions they've made. They say it's nurture versus nature, right? Well, I don't really agree with that, right? You, you can, yes, depending where you grow up and where you're born, you're going to have a different lifestyle, but you can still be happy and you can still be healthy. You know what I mean? It just it just takes a little more drive. It takes a little more focus. It takes a little more a little more gumption to, to to look everybody in the face and say, you know what? I don't believe you. If they're telling you wrong things or saying, you know what? I should probably do that if they're doing right things. But you have to you have to comprehend that in your mind. You can't you you can't just take everybody's word for it. You have to think about what you're doing. Something I never did. And the only reason I'm saying this now is because I don't want anybody else going down the same bullshit path that I went down. So don't fucking do it. You know what, man? It's um. Anyways, listen, I'm, I'm done ranting. I'm done ranting. Listen, I'm going to play that I Am Canadian skit uh, right here from 20 years ago. So you guys hear it. Right after that, we're going to go into um, Jonathan Pye. I'm not sure which one. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, though. Jonathan Pye is a comedian out of the UK. Um, what the fuck's his name? Something Walker, I believe. Daniel Walker? Danny Walker? Douglas Walker? Some bullshit. His, his stage name is Jonathan Pye. He plays this... Um, this uh, fake news reporter, it's hilarious as shit. He just goes off on fucking random, random topics. So I'm gonna play that for you guys. And this bitch here, listen, I love you guys. I'm sorry it's been so long. I promise to not let it go long again. Um, that long again? I mean, a month, a month and a half is too fucking long for me to not talk to you guys because you know what? Honestly, I do love doing this. As soon as I started talking again, man, it just came back to me. Things just flow off my tongue, and I have no idea how the fuck I'm doing it now. Because like I said, I usually don't have shit to talk about unless I'm pissed off. But I'm happy. I'm happy. Fuck you, and uh, we'll see you on the next one, guys. I'm out. Peace. After the writer Russell T. Davis said that only gay actors should play gay roles, but he insists it's got nothing to do with wokeness and everything to do with authenticity. Let's take a look at how the row unfolded. He also says that straight people playing gay is the same as putting black makeup on and doing a cod Jamaican accent. So, you know, probably best to ignore him on this one, I think. And if this is about authenticity rather than wokeness, which I don't believe for a second, by the way, but if it is about authenticity, would Russell T Davis cast a gay person in a straight role? I'm not being contrary, I'm not. An actor's job is to imagine being in the shoes of someone who has a different lived experience to their own. Suggesting that an actor can't authentically pretend to be sexually attracted to someone they aren't seems like a, a complete misunderstanding of what an actor's job is. And if a straight actor playing a gay role reverts to lazy, unauthentic gay stereotypes, oh, hello, it's not because they're straight, it's because they're a shit actor.
Just look at some of the, the, the great gay straight performances. Sean Penn won an Oscar for playing Harvey Milk. He's not gay, although he was married to Madonna, which makes him an honorary gay. I suppose. This also suggests that every gay actor should be both out to their mum and happy to wear their sexuality like a baby on board badge. It implies that an actor's sexuality needs to be on their CV alongside their hair colour and stage combat skills. If, if I was an actor and went for an audition and the guy turns round and goes, so what sort of people do you like to sleep with? I'd say, it's none of your fucking business, mate. And, and the type of porn that I like to wank at has no bearing whatsoever on whether I can bring authenticity to this role. It implies that gay people are defined by their gayness. Some of the most interesting people I know happen to be gay. OK? And them being gay is the least interesting thing about them. I concede that most gay people's lived experience is different to most straight people because, you know, because of the way society has treated gay people in the past and in many respects, and to its shame, still does. OK? But Russell's point about authenticity suggests that gay people behave entirely differently to straight people, think differently to straight people, feel differently, love differently to straight people. And that their relationships and marriages are so different that they're impossible for straight people to process or understand or relate to. This is the sort of thinking you might expect from devout homophobes, not from a supremely talented gay man who has done more for gay representation on British television than anyone since, uh, I don't know, since the writers of Are You Being Served? Th that was a joke, Tim. His is not a progressive argument in any way, shape or form. Halle Berry recently had to apologise for even thinking about playing a trans character. A few years ago, you'd have won a fucking Oscar. It's the thin end of a very boring, drab, lifeless wedge where all art is dead in favour of identity politics-based dogma, where people go to the theatre and the cinema, but there's nothing on, so you just have to sit there and discuss intersectional feminism whilst reading The Guardian and burning DVD copies of Brokeback Mountain. Hey. I'm, uh, I'm not a lumberjack or a fur trader. And I don't live in an igloo or eat blubber or own a dog sled. And I don't know Jimmy, Sally, or Susie from Canada, although I'm certain they're really, really nice. I have a prime minister, not a president. I speak English and French, not American. And I pronounce it about, not about. I can proudly sew my country's flag on my backpack. I believe in peacekeeping, not policing diversity, not assimilation, and that the beaver is a truly proud and noble animal. The tooth is a hat, the Chesterfield is a coach, and it is pronounced said, not Z, Z. Canada is the second largest land mass, the first nation in hockey, and the best part of North America. My name is Joe, and I am Canadian. Thank you. Fuck yeah, there's new episodes. Uh, what your business needs, Linda Morse, three ways to free yourself from anxiety, five ways to, why is it, oh, it's weird, I think.
Yeah, no, no surprise. No, uh, no new morning pee. Go figure.